0: Praise God, praise God, okay, look at your neighbor and tell them, don't be, a don't be a quitter. Oh, come on, tell them like you mean it, like you really don't want them to quit. How many ever felt like quitting before? I ain't the rest of you storytellers. I tell you what, it's just so easy sometimes to become spiritually and physically and mentally worn out that we want to quit, Right? Want to throw in the towel? Give up? I know I've been there before. Uh, in the last nine years, I'm sure, or nearly nine years, there's been times that, you know, you know, I've wanted to throw in the towel as well as that other ministers. I'm sure there's plenty of them could say the same thing throughout their ministry in their life. But the thing is, is I I believe tonight that God encourages us to not be quitters, but to be finishers tonight. In Galatians chapter six and verse nine, we're going to start there, and I'm gonna I'm gonna probably read this scripture at least three times, but we're going to start there. It says, And let us not get tired of doing what is right. For after a while we will reap a harvest, a blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. And that's the key part, the last part, if we don't get discouraged and give up. Amen? Amen. I got a graphic. Can you go ahead and throw that up, Sherry? So how many times should I try? How many times are too many? Steven Spielberg tried three times and was rejected by the University of Southern California, after which he dropped out and became a director. And how many familiar with his name? He's he's had several popular movies. Uh, 160 times or 62 times the person that made this graphic (laughs) searched for information to put this together. 300 times the founder of Pandora Radio. Is anybody familiar with that, Pandora.com? 300 times they approached investors before they got funding. 1,009 times, you've probably heard this before, Colonel Sanders, who just started KFC, was turned down when he tried selling his fried chicken. I don't think he has any problem selling it now, right? 5,126 times James Dyson created failed prototypes of his vacuum cleaner, before succeeding now I want you to notice something here if you see this image you may not be able to read all these things that I've just told you but if you see here at the end you see the guy with his little axe pick so how many times will you try and you look right behind if you see over here to the right there's a whole bunch of diamonds in the guy's sad walking away and how many times in our lives are we this close this close to breakthrough but we walk away because we're tired and discouraged and want to give up it's so easy I can imagine that everybody in this place as I said earlier has felt like that at some point we felt like you know what's the point we've tried we've tried we've tried but once we try we need to try again that is so important that it just it's almost heartbreaking how many almost inventions have happened how many almost salvations have happened And people walked away because maybe they didn't think they could live it. They quit before they started. But again, we're going to read that scripture in Galatians 6 and 9. It says, And let us not get tired of doing what is right. For after a while we will reap a harvest if we don't don't get discouraged and give up. You know, what kind of legacy are we going to leave? Is it going to be a legacy of one that finishes, one that quits? You know, I know we all have those seasons in our life, and I'm sure at some point our kids or those people around us have seen or saw us uh, ready to quit and give up. But I know when I leave this world, I want to leave it a little bit better than I found it because of God. And I want my kids to look at me and say, my dad was not perfect, but he finished. There's been times in my life that I haven't finished. I don't know if all you know that I didn't finish school. I quit school, got married when I was 17 years old. I've well made up for it. I have a bachelor's and a master's degree. My wife says that I want to be a professional student. I've made up for it. But the thing is, is even when we do give in and quit at some point, we can always come back and keep fighting. Amen? And let us not get tired of doing what is right, for after a while we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. Don't be a quitter. There's three things tonight that I wanted to talk to you about. Three things that I think can help us as individuals not be quitters, not give up, and not quit. And the first thing that I wanted to talk to you tonight about is encouragement. Uh, if you go in the Bible, in your Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 1, and we're going to read through verse 6 or portions of verse 6. It says three days later, David and his men arrived back in Ziklag. Amalekites had raided the Negevah and the Ziklag. They tore, the, tore Ziklag to pieces and then burned it down. They captured all the women, young and old. They didn't kill anyone, but they drove them like a herd of cattle. By the time David and his men entered the village, it had been burned to the ground, their wives, sons, and daughters, all taken prisoners. prisoners. <clears throat> David and his men burst out in loud wails, wept and wept until they were exhausted with weeping. David's two wives had been taken prisoner along with the rest. And suddenly, David was in even worse trouble. There was talk among the men bitter over the loss of their families of stoning him. And the Bible says in, in the latter part of verse 6, it says, But David strengthened himself with trust in God. And in the King James Version, the last portion, it says, But David encouraged himself in the Lord. He sought God's counsel later on, and they went on, and they got all their family and kids back. But I can imagine if there was a time in our life that we wanted to quit, if we were in his shoes, that would have probably been it, right? He'd lost his wife and kids just like everybody else, but he was the leader, so now everybody wants to stone him. They want to kill him. He's the man. I can imagine that he didn't have a burning desire inside to keep going and lead. He probably wanted to bury his head in the sand somewhere or go to a corner somewhere and just cry. Because he, his family had been taken too. But we have to encourage ourselves in the Lord. And that's what the Bible said that he did. He encouraged himself in the Lord. Now, my dad is a, was a pastor growing up. And he would always, you know, it, how many was anybody else pastor's kids in here besides myself? So if you were a pastor's kid, there's a good chance that you became an illustration. Okay? I hated it. I, I despised being an illustration, and, but now I'm going to use one that he used whenever I was little. My daddy tells me, mother, one of the two, they tell me that when I was little, that I used to, I, I was pretty spoiled, I guess. They rocked me to sleep every night. They rocked me to sleep. So finally one night, they decide that they're going to let me cry myself to sleep. Yeah, I know. I was devastated. <laughs> and the thing is, is after a while, you know, it got quiet. And then they got worried. So, so they come in to check on, check on me. And, and the, the story goes, or so I hear, because I don't remember this, That I was hanging over the side of the crib, hanging on with one hand, sniffling and patting myself on the back, (laughs) saying, It'll be all right. It'll be all right. You know, and dad would always use that, that sometimes we have to encourage ourselves in the Lord. I was embarrassed. But it's the truth. Sometimes we have to tell ourselves, it's going to be all right. Because sometimes you can look to this one and that one, and you're not going to get anything. And you have to encourage yourself in the Lord. I had a friend that posted a few days ago on Facebook. She said that if you live off man's uh, compliments, then you will die by his criticism. And, and, and what I took away from that was, is that if I allow you to pick me up with your words, when I fall out of favor with you or you become mad at me, then those same person, that same person that lifted me up can then tear me down. And the thing is, is if we learn to encourage ourselves in the Lord, it's nice to get compliments. I'm not going to lie to you. I like Compliments. I like it when I get done leading worship and I ask Delaina and she says, yeah, you did a good job. I like it when everybody else says it. But the thing is, is if I get to the point where that's, then I'm here. I'm like a yo-yo, up and down, up and down, up and down, because I'm waiting on everybody else to encourage me instead of encouraging myself in the Lord. The second thing that I wanted to talk about tonight is keeping perspective. That's a hard thing to do sometimes. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in everything around us that we're on ground zero with everybody else and we're frustrated and we're mad and we want to just throw in the towel and our perspective is messed up because we're not looking from the right place because we're looking down here where we're at and we're not seeing up here. I, I was thinking I would love to have had a lift in here so that I could, I could have went up on it and just show you, when you look from up here and take a 50,000-foot view as opposed to being right in the middle of everything and stop and think for just a second, your perspective becomes clearer. But the thing is, is the saying that you can't see the forest for the trees, that's what happens to us. Our perspective becomes blurred and it becomes messed up. In Joshua chapter 4, starting with verse 4, we see here that the, uh, Joshua called the 12 men... He had chosen one for each of the tribes of Israel. And he told them, go in the middle of the Jordan, in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder. Twelve stones in all, one for each of the twelve tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial in the future. Your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them. They reminded us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the ark of the Lord's covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. And when I read this scripture and I thought about perspective, you know, I wondered, okay, Joshua tells these guys, get 12 stones, put them on the side. What do we want them for? We want them to remember by. And sometimes things in our lives that we go through, they're torment when we go through them. But we see the hand of God and we see the faithfulness of God in the midst of that storm. And whenever we go through that storm, again, it gives us perspective. Because we know that if God was faithful here, he can be faithful again. Amen? You know, I remember, and, and I'm going to practice what I preach and put my daughter on the spot and, and use an illustration with my daughter. But most of you may not have known. Some of you may know when I've talked about it, when I sing. But when Caitlin was born... Caitlin was not making a whole lot of sound at all. I mean, she, she was kind of pale gray, barely crying. And I'm 19 at this time, so I'm really, really young. I'm really green. I have no clue what's going on. My mother's asking me, she's asking me, is she okay, is she okay? And I'm thinking, yeah, she's fine. I didn't have a clue. You know, but as I, the seriousness of the situation starts to set in, I begin to realize something's not right. You know, my wife and I were out talking to the, uh, to the doctor, asking me, is she going to live? Is she going to live? They won't tell us anything. But I remember that night, and I've never forgot it. It seems like the clearest I've ever heard God speak to me. But I remember leaning up against a wall, and as I slid against the wall, slid down, I remember God speaking into my spirit that she'll live and not die. And there have been few times in my life, I'm sorry, it tears me up every time I think about it, There have been few times in my life that I've heard God speak that clear, but God knew I needed to hear his voice in that moment. And that brings perspective into my life whenever I'm facing something else in my situation. God was faithful, and he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever, the same God that said she'll live and not die. When I'm going through a situation that I don't feel like I can go on and keep going and I want to quit, I can remember that God was faithful. God was faithful in my life. And I thank God for that. But we have to keep perspective. I'm going to read you guys a couple stories, a letter to Dear Abby. It says, Our son was married January. Five months later, his wife had a 10-pound baby girl. They said the baby was premature. Tell me, can a baby this big be that early? Wandering. Dear Abby responds, Dear Wandering, The baby was on time. The wedding was late. Forget it. It's all about perspective. Another says that we get the right perspective. When Goliath came against the Israelites, the soldiers all thought, he's so big, we can never kill him. David looked at the same giant and thought, he's so big, I can't miss him. (laughs) It's all about the way we look at things. And in the midst of everything we go through, if we can keep a godly perspective and remember that it's not necessarily everything's as bad as it seems like in this moment, because when we get in that moment, our our judgment gets clouded because we're going through such a horrible time and we begin to think thoughts that we wouldn't think when we were thinking clear. So we have to keep perspective. The last thing tonight is take a nap already. Get some rest. You know, the thing is, in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 2, it says, By the seventh day God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. And in Mark chapter 4 and verse 37, I'm just going to read 37 and 38, it says, And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. And verse 38 says, Jesus himself was in the stern asleep, on the cushion, and they woke him up and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? We don't know what he was going through ministry-wise, but we know one thing, he was resting. And the thing is, is sometimes, you know, I grew up in a situation in life where we came from ministry-wise that it seemed as though the more you went, the more you did, the more spiritual you were. And, I, you know, just run your legs off. Go, 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 go. And the thing is, is sometimes we have to, we have to stand back and say, okay, now wait a minute, I've got to rest. Now I've got another picture. Can you go ahead and throw that other picture up? I saw this on Facebook last night, and I thought this was hilarious. Yes, Dan, I know the doctor said you should get plenty of rest to get rid of your cold. But that was nine years ago. There's a difference, I want to clarify, between rest and being lazy, okay? (laughs) There's a difference. Sometimes we need rest, and sometimes we need to get to work. But the thing is, is he was in the ship, and he was resting. If it was good enough for Jesus, if it was good enough for the creator of all this that we see, then isn't it good enough for us? Are we so important or too busy that we can't take 5, 10, 15 minutes? Maybe, I don't know, 30 minutes, hour and a half nap just to recuperate from all the things that go on in our life. I think sometimes it's so hard for us to do that. I've, like I said, I've had people, and I, I think Ms. Dorothy's told me that before, and Pastor John both, that rest is such it's a spirit, it can be one of the most spiritual things that you do. But we don't see it as that. We've got to go get this done. We've got to go get this done. But sometimes we need to just slow down. Well, before I close tonight, I would like to tell you another little story from our Daily Bread. This is about our president, Andrew Jackson. Stories story is told that Andrew Jackson's boyhood friends just couldn't understand how he became a famous general and then the president of the United States. They knew of other men who had greater talent but who never succeeded. One of Jackson's friends says, why Jim Brown, who lived right down the pike from Jackson, was not only smarter, but he could throw Andy three times out of four in a wrestling match. But look where Andy is now. Another friend responded, how did there happen to be a fourth time? Didn't they usually say three times and you're out? Sure, they were supposed to, but not Andy. He would never admit he was beat. He would never stay throwed. Jim Brown would get tired. And on the fourth try, Andrew Jackson would throw him and be the winner. And picking up on this idea, someone has said, The thing that counts is not how many times that you're throwed, but whether you're willing to stay throwed. We We may face setbacks, but we must take courage and go forward in faith. Then through the Holy Spirit's power, we can be the eventual victor over sin in the world. The battle is the Lord's, so there's no excuse for us to stay throwed. We may have had setbacks in our life, seen bad things, went through some really horrible things, but that's no reason to give up and quit because we might be on the verge, as that picture showed us at the very beginning. We might be this close to the greatness, to that dream that you wanted to see realized. You might be this close what if you turn around and walk away now? I think it's worth pursuing. Keep going. Now, I'm not saying that there's times that God lifts a grace on things, but I'm talking about our, our, our destiny to be so tenacious and so strong-willed that we're going to fight for it. It's worth it. Amen? Well, as Abby comes tonight and we stand tonight, we're going to pray with anybody that wants to pray. We can go ahead and stand tonight and We'll pray for you for any of these things that I've talked about tonight. Maybe you're going through that tonight. You know, maybe you feel discouraged. I don't know what you came in with tonight, but God knows. It's not important that I know, but God can encourage you and lift you up tonight if you, if you will let him. And he can give you perspective in situations where you don't have perspective. But before we do that tonight, I wanted to ask, is there anyone by chance in this place that would say, I've never given my life to Jesus There's somebody in this place tonight that say, I don't know where I'd spend eternity, heaven or hell. If that's you in this place tonight with our heads bowed and nobody looking around, if you would slip your hand up tonight and say, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to start over. Is there anybody tonight? that could say you want a fresh start. I don't want to leave this place with the same mentality, the same things that I came in tonight. I want to leave changed by the power of a Savior that's able to do it. Is there anybody in this place tonight would say, hey, Pastor Nick, I want you to I want you to pray. All right, praise God, I see that. Is there anybody else? Come on, you don't have to leave here like you came if you don't want to. Praise the God. So there's another one over here. Praise God. One more time. Is there? Is there, by chance, anybody else before we pray with you? All right, well if not, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have Jason. He's going to come over here, and he's got uh, some material over here. I want you guys to come forward. He's going to pray with you guys. I want you to just come over here. And while they come, why don't you give them a hand while they come tonight? Praise God. God is so good. Amen. He's so good. Hey, well, our prayer team's going to go ahead and come up. Do we have some people that can pray with people tonight? They can come on up front. Richie, can you guys, you guys come on. John, Kim, can y'all guys come up front? Now, I didn't preach this message tonight to, to... dog you out or be dogmatic tonight but just encourage you that there's hope in the midst of feeling like you want to quit you don't have to quit the enemy would love to whisper in your ear and tell you that you don't need to get you don't need to go on why don't you just throw in the towel now why don't you this or this or this and all the other little lies and things that he whispers in our ear and in our mind but if you want somebody tonight to pray with you and agree for God just do something special in your life whatever you're going through it doesn't matter our prayer team's up. You can come on and come this way, and they'll pray with you tonight. Hey, can you do that worthy of it all? She's going to sing one song. While she's singing, if you want to come, make your way to the front, and people, somebody will pray with you.